Welcome to Truth 30 with Joey Dumont, a podcast that debates our society's most politically compelling topics through the lens of slow journalism. Each show is investigated with a focus on narrative as well as discovery. We believe that the complexity of our culture today cannot be crammed into six-minute television segments or snippets and memes on social media where ideology and entertainment has overtaken the creed of historical reporting. On the program, you'll hear the opinions of subject matter experts to help you separate the signal from the noise. Our collective goal is to better understand one another, not win a battle. After watching, you'll be reminded that a proper debate is not about victory, but that of inquiry, education, and viewpoint diversity. So tune in and talk amongst yourselves. You may even learn a thing or two. We don't need weapons of war in our streets. We need to ban assault rifles. We need universal background checks. Why is it that anyone can buy a gun almost immediately? Why does any private citizen need a weapon like an AR-15? These are the typical narratives and slogans offered up by my fellow Democrats, many of which I've accepted in the past. I personally do not understand why anyone would want to own a weapon like an AR-15, or any semi-automatic weapon for that matter. And to be clear, I will never own a gun, nor do I plan on ever shooting one again. The last time I did so, I was with some media buddies at an industry conference in Arizona. I didn't like it in the least. To be perfectly candid, it caused me a great deal of anxiety and a pounding headache. But one of the few things we can agree on today as a culture is that Americans love their guns. We own about 400 million of them, to be specific, which equates to approximately 120 guns for every 100 citizens. And according to my liberal brethren, this is, in part, why we have so many senseless deaths in our country. Specifically, the tragedies that took place in Uvalde and Buffalo and too many other cities to chronicle here. And to my fellow Democrats, I hear you. I once felt that way myself. But if there's one thing I've learned over the past year of reporting at True 30, it's that I really enjoy attempting to understand the other side, specific to my own beliefs, with the sole purpose of understanding without agreement. And during today's interview, not only do I understand firearms quite a bit better, I now believe that we're much closer together on proper firearm legislation than I ever thought possible. I also believe that a remedy is really close if we make an honest attempt to understand one another a bit better. As you'll hear during this episode, the far bigger problem with our needed legislation is more akin to misinformation, tribalism, and a media ecosystem that profits by exacerbating our current cultural divide, specifically on all things guns. My guest today is Anthony Calandro. He's an executive board member of the NRA, vice president of the local NRA chapter in New Jersey, and a master trainer counselor, one of only 60 in the nation. He's the host of the hit radio show, Gun for Hire Radio, with over 1 million listeners nationwide, and author of the book, Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game. And in his spare time, he owns and operates the largest indoor gun range in the United States, in his hometown of New Jersey. Anthony's been an outspoken defender of the Second Amendment for over 30 years, making numerous TV and radio appearances in his role as both an NRA master and certified instructor. And I can say with confidence that I've yet to learn this much in one single interview. Not only is Anthony prolifically knowledgeable of the Second Amendment and everything to do with firearm legislation, he's a good man who proved to be very patient with my ignorance on this topic. I hope you guys enjoyed the show as much as I did, no matter what side of the aisle you sit on. Cheers. All right, we just got our legal warning that the recording is in progress. So let me say thank you, Kevin, who is my friend and uh, on the editorial board of True 30. 
And you are friends with Anthony Coladero. And I just want to say thank you, Anthony, for um, coming on the show today. Did I just mispronounce your name? Yeah, Calandro. It's okay. It's close enough. Anthony Calandro. Yeah, that's a good way to start. That's okay. We were it's talking really together, Joey. It's really racist. <laughs> you need to go. We're That's good. That's yeah. good. So we are on True 30. We've talked about a bunch of subjects that we think are dividing our culture. Things like critical race theory, defund the police, gender ideology. Today, it's it's guns. And obviously, it's one of the biggest conversations we have today in our body politic. And I, as a liberal, know absolutely nothing about guns. And as we were talking the other day, Kevin is the opposite. He knows lots about guns and has been a very big advocate and enthusiast on guns for many years. I won't actually educate anyone on how many guns. I'll just leave that up to him if he wants to share that. And Anthony is the owner of the largest gun range in the country in New Jersey. He's a radio host and an author of a book called Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game. Um, you're also a board member of the NRA, which I want to get into uh, at some point during this discussion, because the NRA is obviously a big piece of this overall discussion within our, our citizenry. And uh, so thank you, Anthony, for coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you, Kevin, for, for coming on the show and introducing me to Anthony. So uh, why don't we start with, <laughs> I mentioned AR-14 sometime during our earlier discussions, and you guys kind of laughed. So that's a, maybe a good way to frame what's going on a little bit with our country, is that we have some of the narratives out there are that we have 330 million people and 400 million guns. So out of a hundred, for every hundred citizens, we have 120 guns. We have a gun culture that's completely out of control and we have the largest murder rates in the world and blah, 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 blah. So those are again, just grand narratives that may or may not be true depending on how you slice the data. Why don't we talk first and foremost about the ignorance <laughs> of people like myself on guns, how much I don't know, AR-14 being an example of that, and then you guys could, and maybe you want to start with this, Kevin, in the sense that if we're going to do anything correct specific to gun regulations, we need to first understand the other side. And in this case, that's what this show is about today. We're going to help my liberal listeners understand what's going on in your camp, because I've learned a ton just recently with you uh, in some conversations. Why don't we kind of educate people on that front? What is, is there... What is an assault rifle? Let's start with that, because <laughs> obviously I don't even know what that means. <clears throat> third rail, third rail topic. I'm going to punt this to Anthony. <laughs> um, I will tell you to the average, so to the average person, uh, AR-15, and it, it's so funny because you were saying AR-14. I didn't want to correct you because, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, it'll make for better content. Uh, but the AR-15 to most people is is what they've been um, coded into calling it. It's a weapon of war, right? So any yep. one of the buzzwords, um, and it really is. I mean, people spend so much money, as you know, on research to figure out exactly what's going to trigger people. So I, I, weapons of war is the current one. Um, and that's all you have to say. Uh, and and the response is it's always the same. Uh, why do you need that? Um, which is a rabbit hole discussion for any sort of luxury that that life would offer. If you're a hobbyist, why do you need it? Um, but I, I'm sure Anthony can explain it a lot better than I am. I mean, I can just tell you what my neighbors, you know, who are in the same category as you. A lot of them, the latte liberal set. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> 
they you're discriminating against a rifle because of the way it looks. Uh, an AR-15 is a black rifle that has interchangeable parts. It's like the Swiss Army knife of firearms, or like an iPhone that you can install different apps to personalize it. There is no mechanical difference from an AR-15 to a Woodstock rifle that was made a hundred years ago. They're both semi-automatic rifles that every time you squeeze the trigger, one bullet comes out. It's this media hysteria that's created this term assault rifle. And while they focus on wanting to ban that, it's not going to stop any mass shootings or crimes being committed because you're just discriminating against something by the way it looks not by the way it operates, because banning all black rifles tomorrow, you'll still have wooden stock rifles out on the street in the hands of people that should have them and in the hands of people that shouldn't have them. So it's a false narrative perpetuated by the media and many on the left because of lack of education, Joey. One visit yeah. to my range in 15 minutes, I will educate you and you will forget that. You'll never use the term assault rifle again. Cool. That's a good start for me. So it's actually the same thing as a shotgun. And I, I mentioned this too, as far as my own bias, I, I don't have any issue against people who own guns because of where I was brought up. I was born and raised in Minnesota. My cousins are small C conservatives. Some of them wear red hats. I love them to death. I was just back in Minnesota visiting them. And growing up, they actually had shotguns in the back of their F-150 diesel pickup trucks. In, right behind me in the window. And I thought that was super cool because I was a kid. And as I've grown up, they have grown and they have they have an AR-10. That's why I knew that one was the real gun because my cousin showed me his, and he has numerous guns downstairs in a safe, you know, again, that would make Bonnie and Clyde Blanche. It was not easy to get into. Every gun was locked up. He had about 25,000 rounds of ammunition. And I said, is that light for you? And he said, yeah, we went through 10,000 last weekend and made a joke about it. But my cousins as a group, lots of the men that I grew up with in Minnesota are hunters, sports shooters, have lots and lots of weapons, make fun of us for the same reason. I shot a 10-gauge shotgun, I think, when I was 22 or 23 when I was home on a business trip. I didn't tuck the gun close to my shoulder. They didn't tell me to do so on purpose. And when I shot the gun, it <laughs> gave me a nice yellow bruise. They laughed for about 12 minutes. But the idea there is that I, I don't have an understanding of the gun of guns themselves, but I dig and respect a lot of people that I grew up with and that I love who actually hold guns in high esteem. And they do a very good job of protecting those guns from being you know, taken or found or anything else. So I think that's a big issue as far as our culture today. But what you just taught me there, <clears throat> a, a shotgun is, is an AR-15. It's the same thing? No, shotgun is different because a shotgun shoots little pellets out. A oh, rifle okay. shoots one projectile. A shotgun shoots many out, like little and that's those little babies. Yes, right. more All in right. turn for hunting for birds and uh, and deer and stuff like that. So different different tools for different. So a rifle uh, uses. is the same as an as, as the same as an AR fifteen. Correct. Or is All, is the same. <laughs> an AR fifteen is a rifle. And there's okay. many variations of rifles. So an AR-15 is a semi-automatic rifle, and there's millions of those in operation in this country. But the media specifically focuses on the evil black rifle because it's what our military carries, similar. Yeah. And it's also what is in all the video games like Call of Duty and all the Hollywood movies. It's always the evil black rifle that they portray. Okay. And, how, and, and how many, I've read up to, and this is just at a macro level, 20 million rifles in our country. Is that a 
AR-15s. It's probably know, said, yeah, probably yeah. about twenty million AR-15s uh, exactly. at, at least. That is the uh, firearm of choice of most people because it's compact. The stock is adjustable. Unless you live in a state like New Jersey, it's illegal to have an adjustable stock. But so you can personalize it. You can go to the range and, like, say Kevin can go and shoot it, and he can have his daughter shoot it by adjusting the stock. It has very very low recoil. It's very accurate and it's very light. And again, it's easy to customize. It's not, and we're demonizing that. It's like demonizing a specific, it's like targeting a specific car. We have to ban Corvettes to stop drunk driving. That would be the same analogy, which is wrong. We really need to ban drunk drivers to stop drunk driving, but okay, let's focus on a specific model of a car. It doesn't really work that way. It's uh, it's backwards. And again, both sides, again, I'm an NRA board member. I'm the vice president of the state NRA. And, you know, we'll be first, I'll be the first to argue 5 million NRA members haven't committed any of these crimes that have happened uh, in the past 20 years, let's say, but we're the ones that are demonized all the time. The law-abiding, tax-paying citizens, the members of the NRA, we get demonized uh, for when crimes are committed, when our federal government allows someone to slip through the mental background check and buy a firearm, which has happened in about 50% of the last mass shootings, where someone was allowed to buy a gun that should not have been allowed to buy a gun, yet right away we turn our focus on the NRA and its 5 million members as the demon. How does that happen? How does that person get through? That's whose fault is that? The, the, the government, the state and federal government's reporting system. We have a national okay. instant background system in all 50 states. During COVID, people went on a gun buying spree yeah. and many, many liberals were buying guns for the first time would come into my gun store in shock that they had to get a firearms ID card, fingerprints, references, mental background check, and an instant background check to buy a gun. They came in with their driver's license thinking they were going to walk out with a gun, a thousand rounds of ammo, and a uh, a roll of lifesavers <laughs> okay. in, in so, one shot. And it was... A- it, it was eye-opening for all of them. They're like, uh, when did this start? And I'm like, uh, 1968. <laughs> That's what I was 1968. But what happened, Joey, is it like we had one of the mass shooters was in in uh, in Texas. He was dishonorably discharged from the Air Force. He beat his girlfriend up and her five year old child. And the Air Force never reported his dishonorable discharge or the crime to the to the state and federal government. So he was allowed to buy firearms. He should have been blacklisted for life. And, and, And if you have domestic violence charge, you will never own a gun again in the United States, if the system works and it reports, we laugh at the system because we turn people down. We get people that get rejected, but we know that there's people slipping through because of failures in the government all the time, but yet we bear the brunt of it. The law abiding citizens, we bear the brunt of it. Yeah, I know. I should be, I mean, you see, you had, sorry, uh, you had said early on uh, in the conversation about safety, safety, you know, for any responsible, I mean, as a kid, I was taught to fear and respect that firearm. Um, we, and, you know, and it's it's a conversation that because there's so much fear in the media, um, it's a difficult conversation for your average suburban dad hobbyist. Um, because on occasion, uh, people will ask you, you know, are there guns in the house? Well, you know, of course, I don't want to be telling people about what property I own. Um, and then to go down the subject of are your firearms stored safely? Well, yes, I'm compliant with the law. It's a felony in the state of New Jersey to provide access to a, a, a firearm to a child. 
And and that has to be taken very seriously. So no, I'm not going to give you uh, a list of of an inventory of my property, but I will tell you that I'm compliant with the law, as any responsible gun owner is. And the other reason that you don't want to get into how am I storing my firearms, uh, and that's a slippery slope, uh, is because people have firearms for different reasons, um, you know, and some of them have them to protect themselves. Uh, and, and, you know, should be okay with that too. It doesn't mean you're unsafe, uh, but you don't want to go down the road of, of having to explain to people, uh, how you store your property and what's the best way that if somebody wants to steal something from you to come and get it, uh, you know, and it's, yeah. it's a tough conversation because as we're just talking now, um, and I knew, I found this out when I ran for office last year, I ran for New Jersey state legislature, uh, got 44% of the vote. In uh, in a district where Republicans are outnumbered uh, by Democrats, something like eight to one. Um, so that should tell you something wow. about this. But I'll, I'll also tell you that the firearms discussion was incredibly difficult with people. Um, and, and the ones that really did uh, ask about it, um, you know, I was very candid with them. I think we have too many. I think banning features doesn't work. And you won't hear about uh, pretty much, I haven't heard a politician talk about why banning features is a terrible idea because they don't understand them. And it's just, you're going down the path of, we need more and more laws. And you said this before, we need more and more laws. That's all that anyone ever talks about. Uh, but people don't understand the ones that we have. And, you know, I'll go back to the New Jersey example. So, uh, Governor Murphy has established a fund, an academic fund to study, uh, firearms legislation. The problem is yeah, that's not what I would refer to as an independent unit. If you're providing the funding and, you know, Rutgers, the state schools, we know how people are employed there, uh, is, are in charge of which studies get funded and what they focus on. Uh, my fear is that we'll be trying to measure stuff like <laughs> in, in the worst way possible because they just don't know what to measure. Does the feature ban work? Well, I don't know. Um, let's let's engineer research that is uh, designed to support predetermined conclusions. And I think that's what we're going to get. So, I mean, there are a couple of different conversations there, but but safety is something that that we all uh, any 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 responsible firearms owner that is the first thing in their minds at all times. This is a dangerous hobby. Dangerous things ha can happen with guns and you need to respect that. I agree with that. I coined, I coined the phrase in New Jersey, Joey, uh, New Jersey, we're closet gun owners. Many, many people will not come out and say they own firearms because they will be shunned from their community. Their kids will not be allowed to play with their neighbors uh, because they think you're crazy because of the way we've demonized law-abiding citizens. I look at it as if I, if Kevin lives next door to me and he's a gun owner, that means he's been vetted. He has no domestic disputes, no drunken disorderlies, no back child support, no back alimony, mental health background check. I don't know. If I had daughters and someone came to the house in New Jersey to date my daughter, I would say, son, do you have a firearms ID card? Go get one, and then you can date my daughter. Because it's a pretty good vetting system we have. But we have to hide it in New Jersey. I mean, I can't. I own a gun range. I'm out there. Yeah. But yeah. but I have many professionals that come into my range. They're like, I never want to be in any pictures or your videos or anything, because I will lose half my customers if they find out I own guns. Pretty sad. 
pretty wow. sad. Yeah, it's, I think it's very typical of almost everything else in our culture today is that we're so divided on everything. Yep. It's that if you looked at a Venn diagram and all the aforementioned topics, you know, defund and CRT and guns, abortion, it, it's just almost along party lines, right? It's very tribal, specifically guns. And you mentioned something that made me laugh out loud, so I have to go back to it, is that we do hear in the media that there are no laws specific, that almost anyone can get a gun, whether it's a handgun or a rifle or an AR-15. Can you tell me about New Jersey's laws specifically? And then sure. how do they actually compare to other states? Are they, That would be a good place to start here because it sounds like they're pretty rigorous. <laughs> New, New Jersey is probably one of in the top 10 of the 50 states as far as a rigorous background check. Okay. But all 50 states have the national instant background check where when you purchase a gun, the computer database of the entire country is checked to see if you come up with any crimes, excessive misdemeanors, drunken disorderly, domestic disputes, felonies, obviously. If you were voluntarily or involuntarily committed to a mental institute, that would come up. So that's all 50 states. All 50. The only way to get a gun without the NICS check in all 50 states is to buy it illegally out of the trunk of a car. Okay. So in New Jersey, what we have to do is you have to fill out uh, an application. You have to list two references. You have to get your fingerprints done. You have to fill out a consent for mental health background check. Your local police chief gets the yay or nay. The state police gets the yay or nay. The FBI gets the yay or nay. Your county clerk checks your mental health background to see if you've been voluntarily or involuntarily committed. All of that is put together, and now you get a permit that you can buy rifles and shotguns and ammunition. In New Jersey, for every handgun, you have to apply for a handgun permit, which is good for 180 days. And when you apply for that handgun permit, it's the same background check. Once you get the permit, you have 180 days to use it. From the first day to the 180th day, if you go to buy a gun, you get your third national instant background check done to make sure you haven't done anything or nothing's changed mentally in your life in the past 180 days. So if something pops with a red flag, you're not allowed to buy a gun. You will get uh, you will get disapproved. So that's our system. It's very, very difficult. I can't even, Kevin lives in New Jersey. I live in New Jersey. I can't sell Kevin a gun. We're not allowed to do face-to-face -face transfers. Him and I have to go to a licensed federal firearms licensed dealer, and we have to do the transaction at the store where me, uh, my store takes Kevin's gun, puts it in their book. And then I have to apply for a permit. And once I get approved, the store releases it to me. So there is no face-to-face -face transfer where we meet on a corner and I hand him an AR-15 and he hands me a, you know, an AK-47. So it's a very rigorous background check we have. So every time that our governor, our legislature comes up with new gun laws, we just roll our eyes because every law is missing one sentence, especially in New Jersey where we are law-abiding criminals. You know what the one sentence is? During the act or commission of a crime. In New Jersey, all the gun laws are for me your possession. Kevin and his daughter shot at my range last week. They stop for coffee at Starbucks. They go inside. His car gets stolen with a handgun in the trunk. Kevin is charged with a felony. Those okay. are current laws. 
Current law, unnecessary okay. deviation. He stopped for coffee. It is up to a superior court judge to decide to give him three to five years in state's prison for leaving an unloaded locked gun in the trunk of his car while he went to get a cup of coffee. Or if he was on a diuretic because he has his diabetes and he had to go and, and urinate, he could end up being in jail for three to five years with no criminal intent. All of our laws in New Jersey are for, with no criminal intent, and they never mentioned during the act or commission of a crime. That's why we are law-abiding criminals in New Jersey. Our laws are very ambiguous. It's full of gray areas designed to trap people and entrap people. And that's to scare people from applying for permits. I have so many people coming to my range and go, I looked at New Jersey gun laws. I'm just going to rent with my wife today. I don't want to buy a gun. I'm afraid I'll get in trouble and go to jail. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, that's, right. that's on purpose. That's and um, Evan Knappen is is one of the more well known uh, New Jersey firearms attorney. He does a lot of lobbying work and that sort of thing. And and I annoy him with frequent phone calls. Um, we all just do. to ask questions. <laughs> I I have to go uh, for a competition in another state. Um, it's New York, and and you know don't go to New York <laughs> basically uh, because New York has has gotten worse. But he has a book that uh, I think it's something like five hundred pages. I've yep. also read that cover to cover. It's huge. You know, it's for, I don't want to explain to people what a phone book is, but I had to recently explain to my kids what a phone book was. It's as <laughs> well, big yeah, as, as Manhattan Yellow Pages in its heyday. Um, and, and that's what is in the book. It. Yeah. It's, so it's our, our gun laws in plain English. Gun laws. Yes. Mm -hmm. In New Jersey. Of New Jersey only, though. Okay. So, Just so ten, go ahead. There, there's 10 states that are on par with New Jersey specific to these gun regulations. This sounds to me healthy, not, not what you just talked about. I mean, I don't want Kevin getting locked up because he has to take a piss, but it sounds healthy that you should have to have the background checks and that you, and I liked your, your analogy of your daughter dating someone because if they can get through that filter, they're like, they're probably pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so like that, that's reassuring to me, but it goes against most of the narratives that I read out there. And as you're aware, I think I mentioned earlier that, you know, I come from the media world and we in the media world like to have an either or narrative. That's just how it works because it works on every front. It caters to the polarization of our culture. It caters to machine learning and algorithms on Google. It's, it's part of why we do certain things. What I do hear from my brethren on the left is that we don't have laws. We don't have background checks. Is it, is, and this may be terminology, is a universal background check what does that mean when they talk about that in the press? There are no such thing as universal background checks. There is. You just it's said, a lie. I know. That's what it, it's you, a lie. You said all 50 states. Since 1968, and then it was right. upgraded in 1986. All 50 states. So where does that narrative come from? It, the media. It's a lie. <laughs> and it's us gun pure, uh, pure bullshit. Pure bullshit. Us, us okay. gun people, when we hear it all the time, believe me, we're like, oh, here we go again. And, and again, like I said, during COVID, people were coming in. I had a gentleman come in and he said he wanted to rent a gun. So I said, well, you know, you will go downstairs and you can rent it. He goes, no, I want to rent it and take it home while all this uh, stuff is going on with defund the police and stuff. I said, it, it doesn't work that way. You can't take one of my guns home. It's and not again, a video. And, and again, I go through the entire process and the normal response is, when did this happen? And then three months later, they'll come back to my range with all their paperwork and they'll go, I was treated like a criminal. I had to get fingerprinted. They sent a letter to my employer. They sent references to people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had to have a background check. The police chief called me in and asked me some 
questions about something I did when I was 14 years old and I'm 58 years old now. You know, again, and, and the biggest thing is because of the media narrative I hear all the time is when did this start? And I tell everybody 1968 and it hasn't stopped since 1968, but it never, it never ends. It never ends. Believe me, it kills me. The, the one thing that uh, Anthony mentioned was that it, it uh, the time around the process, right? So it takes um, six, can take up to six months. I have friends that have, it's taken six months just to get a firearms ID card um, because there is the, the background checks, everything on your form. I mean, think about it. Two people, you know, have to stand up for you and say, yeah, you know, I think you'd be okay with a gun. Good luck finding two people in the suburbs. <laughs> like it's not, you know, people are just like terrified of them. They have because of the media narrative. Um, so you have to find two people who stand up for you. And then it takes six months to get the FID card. And I had friends during COVID who were waiting for their uh, handgun permit. One, so you one can't firm. buy a gun until you get that permit. Correct. No, you can't get the ID. You have to have an F, a firearms ID card, right? Which says you're eligible to purchase a firearm, a long gun. Right. If you want a handgun, you have to go through the entire process again. again. And that's where the, the sometimes the police chief will call you. If you don't have a municipality and you're under the state's jurisdiction, uh, then you, you might have to go to talk to the state police. And that can take another year. Generally, okay, so when, you guys, when you guys say police chief calls you, you're talking about an actual police chief office? No, or a police, police chief. chief. Yeah, the police chief. chief has to sign off. He has to sign off himself on himself or yeah. herself. Yeah. And they have a clause. They have a law and public safety clause wow. that they can use. Even if your entire background check comes back stellar, the police chief could go, you know, I don't have a good feeling about that guy. He was a little too aggressive when he was filling out the application. So I'm going to use the law and public safety clause to deny you. Now you're going to have to retain an attorney for $10,000 to appeal it, which a lot of people don't have the financial means to do that. So they just walk away and they never get to exercise their Second Amendment right. Now, here I'll give you another asinine thing we have in New Jersey. We have a one gun a month law where you can only buy one handgun a month. Our legislature passed that because it's going to lower crime. I call it gun rationing. So, Joey, you go get your firearms ID card. You buy three rifles and three shots. You have to wait a month to buy those because they're long guns, right? Okay. Now, so here's the deal. You have that and you want to buy a handgun. You buy your handgun. 30 days you have to wait before you can buy another handgun. Every month you can only buy a handgun every month. How Forever. does this how does this lower crime if you already have six long guns and two handguns already making you wait 30 days for your next gun? How does that lower crime? It's just gun rationing. If you were going to blow off steam and do something, you would have done it with your first nine guns. So it's just gun rationing. It's just feel good legislation. They get up on the podium and say, gun a month. It's going to lower crime. We laugh. We laugh at that. It's just pathetic. And now that even as a layperson, that sounds just like someone wanted to pass a bill. Like what? Yeah, it doesn't sound like it does any good there. If you, are, if you are, I mean, if you have this this conversation, like where I grew up, I grew up, uh, you know, in in a very rural area. Um, and it was, I mean, you could say gun culture, but it's not really, I mean, a lot of people hunt, you know, a lot of sportsmen, I'm still a member of, of two different sportsmen's clubs here, but if you ask the average person, so what, I don't know what the numbers are, like 15, 20% of the state are, are firearms owners. 
if you ask the average person, well, you know, well, well, why do you need to buy more than one gun a month? Well, why do you need to have that, you know, more than 10 rounds in your magazine? And the response, you know, I mean, the, to them, these sound like reasonable things. Oh, okay. All right. I just have one question. Is it effective? Is it effective? Do we have any academic literature whatsoever? Can the state spend some money on, if you can't, so we, we also have in New Jersey and a bunch of other states, this thing called the red flag law. Uh, if somebody's worried about you and your neighborhood, they can decide that they can seize, they can call it into the police and you have, you can have your property seized whenever they like. With no due process. Okay, so hold no on. No due process. So let's and, say I'm a neighbor of yours and, and your tree is growing over my property and we get in a dispute because we, you won't pay, help me pay for your tree that is now growing over my fence. I don't like you anymore. I find out you have guns or fr- through the rumor mill. I know that Kevin has a gun. I then call the police, local police department and say, I don't trust Kevin. He seems to have anger issues. He got mad at me because we got in a dispute about his tree growing over my property. He can actually do something that prevents you from keeping your guns? Yep. He can call the police and say what you just said. Say, I feel threatened. He owns guns. And with no due process, we normally have due process. You would call 911 if somebody threatened you with a gun. But just saying you you feel fearful of that person with the guns and he seems to be acting erratic over the tree branch coming over my fence. The police will come and seize that property and you are guilty until proven innocent. And you will have to retain a lawyer and fight to get your rights back. So they'll come and take your gun. Yes, all your guns and your ammunition. All your guns. Yep. Without yep. new press. This is this is happening? Yep. This is happening every day. Uh, I have a lot of <laughs> friends in law okay, enforcement. So, and they have of these things on their desks. And you would not believe some of the things that people, it's exactly what Anthony was just talking about, or what you brought up. It's it, some of that. Um, it opens the door for all manner of abuse. Uh, and and to, to say the very least, um, these, these red flag laws are meant to be, um, you know, to keep crazy people from having guns, right? And you explain yeah. this to people who don't understand guns, uh, crazy people shouldn't have guns. Um, you know, alcoholics shouldn't have guns according to the state. Um, you know, it's all of those things fall into that category of, um, it's supposed to do good things, but there are a million ways to abuse that. One of the ways you can abuse that. Uh, is that if you know, if you're going through a divorce, you can say, "My spouse, uh, I'm terrified of my spouse," um, and you know, divorces get ugly. Everybody knows yeah. this. Um, it will. I had a friend who had to wait two years to get his property back, um, just at the mere accusation. Two years to get his property back. Fifteen thousand dollars in legal fees because lawyers aren't cheap. No. Um, and does the average guy, uh, and when he went to go pick up his guns after that two year period, uh, the, the police chief was there and he was shocked because no one had ever gotten their guns back before. Uh, and that was the first time that they'd seen that. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. It's, you, you know, like when I say it opens the door for abuse, it opens the, the door for all manner of abuse and not the least of which is, is the death of due process. So oh, that's I, shocking. Go ahead, Anthony. Sorry, Joey, I got one for you as a liberal. Do you believe in legal weed for medicinal and recreational pro, uh, purposes? <laughs> I, on so many fronts, I'm a total <laughs> seasoned pot. Seasoned no, pot but do you, do you believe we should have it? 
Oh, it's yeah. okay. For, okay, so here's for the deal. Sure. You can buy a fifth of vodka and drink every night and still have your gun permit as long as you don't get in trouble, drunk driving or domestic dispute or drunken disorderly. And you can be on prescription drugs of any variation and operate heavy equipment and own firearms. But specific federal legislation, if you're on recreational or medicinal marijuana, you cannot touch or possess a firearm. It is a straight up felony, regardless if it is if it's completely legal in the state you reside in. Do you agree with that? Wow. Uh, no. Okay, because I, I have men <laughs> and women that have post-traumatic stress disorder from the military or have ailments, yeah. and they have to decide to either keep their guns or keep their medicinal marijuana card. They can't have uh, both. So how wow. does that make sense? Well, it doesn't. That doesn't. Okay, I mean, it doesn't make exactly. No, it doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. any sense. So, because red flag laws, owner in New Jersey would never. Uh, so, this you just don't admit always to smoking pot. Plating of the state databases, right? So, in New Jersey, if you went to get your uh, medical marijuana card and got your uh, <laughs> firearms ID card, it was Not always good. worried that if if those two um databases cohabitate or or you know something happens and somebody asks you that question boom you can you lose your guys yep okay absolutely and then it's up to you to at, at extreme cost um and you know i really enjoy the sport and this is the other thing that people don't realize is that some people uh invest a lot of money in their firearms collections and you know it's just like having a fancy car collection a lot of people that i i know have fancy gun collections so we're not talking about seizing a 500 dollars glock here we're talking about seizing right. uh tens of thousands in some cases uh i have some friends with very expensive hobbies um and hundreds of thousands of dollars um so you're talking about you and, and those guys of course they're going to have the money to hire a lawyer and eke it out um, the average person who lives on Bloomfield Avenue in New York isn't going to have the money to do that. But the second right. you start talking about that at a state legislative perspective, uh, people just go blind because it doesn't contain buzzwords like weapons of war uh, and guns off streets and, and every trigger word that we have been coded into and uh, conditioned into believing. I think this is the state should spend money on those things. I think you should have legal defense when you're charged with a crime. Uh, in every other aspect of law enforcement, if you're charged with a crime, you're entitled to a defense, even if you can't afford it. But not if you're um, red flagged. That's what but I'm saying. That's, so yes. that's another thing, too. On the red flag at the macro level, the narrative that I've heard, it made sense to me that red flag laws, I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, if someone is, you know, even mothers who say my child is acting crazy and he's been, you know, locked up in his basement and he has, he's been posting all this really, this garbage nonsense on social media. I want someone to know about it. So you dial right. 911 and there's due process there where a judge yeah. is involved and you go through the whole legal system. The red flag law circumvents the like due process. Legal system, as an example. Well, they, no, it, so the cops would come and the mother would say, I can't handle the child. And they would commit the child to child protective services for a psychological evaluation. And there would be okay. an entire due process for it. Got it. But with the red flag law, there is no no more due process. We've removed that. And there's no legal defense mechanism uh, funded by the state out of our own tax dollars. The person is on the hook. So the remedy for this is to have a, a remedy possibly is to have a red flag law that involves due process. 
which we already had, which is just call 911. Got we it. Had that okay. We had that system okay. already. Okay. So <laughs> it's so here's a great example of gun a month. We have a guy uh, that's a set designer uh, for Hollywood, and he was on the set for all four John Wick movies. And Keenal Reeves gifted him four Taran tactical guns. Kev, you should have saw these guns all in presentation cases. So they all got delivered here. And the gentleman had to go and apply for four pistol permits. And he had to receive one pistol a month for three months. Then the fourth permit expired. And he had to apply again and wait like 60 days before the police chief gave him another permit. So it took him a total of about nine months to have this four guns that were sitting in my store sit in his basement. This is a guy who already owns 10 or 15 guns already. And he wasn't going to go out and rob a gas station at two o'clock in the morning. He would have used one of his cheaper guns, not the John Wick guns that are probably worth $10,000 a piece. So we in the gun industry, we look at this and we're like, this is all madness. This just this this all madness. Well, how about focusing on if someone commits a, a violent crime with a handgun? How about putting him in jail for 25 years? How about starting to send a message instead of a catch and release revolving door criminal justice system? Here's the other problem. Kevin stops in the bathroom and his car gets stolen. He has nothing to plead down. He's looking at three to five years in state's prison. I'm a offender. I'm in and out of prison all the time. I rob a gas station and I use a gun strong arm robbery. I go to county. They released me right away because of bail reform. It's in the courts for six or eight months. My public defender will go to the prosecutor and say, listen, if you drop the gun charge, which carries a three to five uh, year minimum mandatory under the Graves Act, my defense will say to the prosecutor, drop the gun charge. He'll plead guilty to assault and we'll do, uh, you know, time served or 90 days in prison or whatever. They always drop the gun charges for the violent criminals and the repeat habitual criminals. The gun charge is always the negotiating piece that they drop where it should be the mandatory charge and the other extraneous smaller crimes should be dropped. But that's not what happens. To make it expedient, to not have a backlog in the courts because they're backlogged for years, the gun charge is always the first thing to drop. So Kevin could be sitting in a cell doing three to five years for stopping for coffee, and I could be sitting in a cell next to him doing 18 months for actually shooting somebody in a, a liquor store. I will do less time than him. And those are facts in a state That's like That's actually New shooting New or just brandishing? That's actual shooting. Yeah. <laughs> God. Okay, yes. so I, I'm learning lots here. So <clears throat> those those laws, even as a liberal, or my cousins call me their favorite libtard, they make no sense to me. So just so you know, there is a liberal out there who thinks that's nonsense as well. The one month gun law seems just ridiculous. And the, I like—I actually like most of the, of the laws you mentioned with New Jersey. I like the background checks, the fingerprints. You know, I like all that. My brother's a family law attorney, so I know to exactly what you talked about because he, he knows that he tells that to his female client if the, if the husband has been abusive or has beat her up in the past when he's doing a restraining order. That's something he knows that guy's never getting a gun. Right. So like those things are good to me. Those things sound really good. I think that what is lost in the narrative, again, specific to the media, is that we have no background checks, that we have weapons of war. They're killing our children. Right. Every time there's a mass shooting, Uvalde, Buffalo, you know, there's too many to talk about. But from even the basic research I did, and I just did a little bit not on guns because I wanted to be as ignorant as I am on that. 77% of mass shootings are done with pistols. 
So now when they talk about, to your point, to go after the big, bad black rifle, that is, again, focused on the wrong thing, right? Okay. So if you have 3% of our of our population is, is mass shootings to begin with, you have homicides, which are also pistols. You have suicides. And the numbers are, you know, depending on the year, I think it was 24,000 suicides last in 2020 and 19,000 homicides. And this was, a lot of times those numbers are commingled to say, this is how many deaths we have. This is, we're the worst nation in the world. We kill our people. We suck. We need gun, we need better gun regulations. So that's the kind of thing where it gets all muddled. And then when you think about things like Uvalde and you have this lunatic going in and killing 19 kids, he had an AR-15, correct? Correct. How was he able to buy those guns? Yeah. And that's another thing. Like I, one of the questions I asked, did he live at home with his mom? Like they all do. And we're, they're not cheap. How much is an AR-15? The Daniel defense he used was uh, upwards of over $1,800. Because the, the Uvalde, the parents are suing okay. Daniel defense, I believe, okay. um, for, for that firearm. But but again, this is a kid who had social media posts, threatening Everywhere, stuff and everything, right? and was still yeah. allowed to purchase firearms. And there was no red flags that popped up there, which again, this is the first thing we look at. And you hit the nail right on the head. While the left and the right are fighting, moving the, the needle this much over the black rifle, why aren't we addressing mental health? Why aren't we addressing school security? We protect our politicians, we protect our banks, but we don't, and our police departments with armed people and locked doors and bulletproof glass, but we don't do the same with the schools. We don't really, I know we harden some schools, but we don't follow up with it closely enough. And kids are our most valuable asset, you know? Uh, as politicians, I put them all the way down on the bottom of the list. They should all be working in tents in an open field, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, man, um, that's both man, sides, by the laws. way. <laughs> uh, well, the, I mean, look, listen, I um, grew up in a town, as you know, which is why I'm writing a piece about Conklin. Uh, and and if people don't know the the uh, the Buffalo shooter in that absolutely horrible tragedy in Buffalo uh, was from a town called Conklin. Um, and yep. if you can somehow manage to detach yourself from and I, I don't recommend the average person watch the Twitch. I've watched it. Um, I did. I, yeah, not good. It's, it looks it's like a video long. game. It's very bad. Yeah, I could, um, I and you that. can see the damage that one of these guns can do. But to charge the gun with the crime, I, I mean, you just have to be uh, open to maybe some of these things aren't working. And uh, New York had enacted something called the SAFE Act. Uh, and Anthony would know this. I think it's more than a decade ago, or right around a decade, and it banned that specific firearm, attempted to ban that specific firearm that the Buffalo shooter used. The 30-round magazines that he was using are also banned and have been for a long time in New York. So when I go out and talk to people, and and we have you know very healthy discussions about this, yes, it was awful. Uh, and just horrible in so many ways. Um, but how did he get those banned features in the state of New York? And and there are a whole bunch of really good answers to it. But the the best answer is what you uh, what you open with is that that New Jersey sadly, and I wrote the fifty ban piece. New Jersey sadly has banned the fifty. Um, they they banned a cartridge. And and the argument uh, that has been presented since California is that sniper teams will be perched at the end of runways 
shooting planes down. So we need to ban this cartridge, this weapon of war. And and the only thing I want to know, and, and I believe the state should be funding this and I would fight for it if people, if anybody would vote for me to, to fight for this, nobody would because of the, all the reasons that you guys have mentioned so far, but nobody would vote for me uh, if I said, I want to start measuring the current gun laws. And I really want to apply some nonpartisan science to this to see if it's working to ban a flash hider and in favor of a compensator. And by the way, I love the way compensators make the AR-15 more easier to handle. Uh, so I'm really not sure how that's helping anybody. And you know, and then I'll shut up. But I mean, the, the lobbying groups on the left are crazier, I think, than the lobbying groups on the right. And I've been to some of those meetings. I've been to concerned parent meetings. I've been to, and they always have some cool name like concerned parents, but really what they're trying to do, and this is the end goal, is to disarm everybody. And I've seen people yeah. ask questions in these groups. Well, why can't we just publish a list of names of people who own guns? Yes, let's give criminals a shopping list of your property. Um, let's let's do that. Let's make it more dangerous for people who have firearms by publishing their information. And we know that went wrong in New York because that got leaked in New York. So not a good idea. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's it's just they know nothing about these guns. They don't want to know anything about the guns. They just want to ban and they just want to disarm everybody. If that's the end result, if that's what you're going for, nobody would get elected. Um, because well, <laughs> even the people who have guns want to keep them. And that's in New Jersey, 15, 20 percent of the state, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's small. You guys don't have a huge population considering how big the state is. But I think that. That's part of the, the bigger conversation is that the Democrats want to actually eliminate guns, most of them. And that's where my friends on the right and my cousins included say, if they take, if they ban assault rifles, which they don't understand what that means, that means they're going to want uh, my pistols next. Slippery slope. Yeah. And so I, I, I get that. And because let's just, let's jump into this category. Now you mentioned your role with the NRA and you want to talk about another media story is that from my purview, Wayne LaPierre, not the greatest guy in the world, seems pretty partisan, seems pretty hell-bent on certain things. Again, the universal background check thing, I I just, now I'm just gobsmacked because that's one of the, <laughs> why can't we have universal background checks? Everyone agrees on it. And you're like, well, yeah, it seems con seems common sense, but there are those. So you tell me as someone who's obviously affiliated at the highest levels, with NRA, what is the NRA doing right as you see it? And what, are the, what if anything, do you see that they're doing wrong? Well, uh, 5 million members make up the NRA, right? There's a small yeah. cadre of board members and directors that, that run the day-to-day -day operations. And the NRA has a few silos. One is education and training, and then the other is lobbying, obviously. The education and training tends to be my forte, especially someone who's right. built their business on education and training. We're pretty much overall the national standard when it comes to training. Most states won't embrace our training politicians because it's associated with the NRA. Sure. Even though the Boy Scouts do and we're and we're needed. Right. But, you know, last year, the NRA spent less than four million dollars lobbying and pharmaceutical spent 70 million that we know about and 90 million for big tech. So you'll never see our politicians attack 
big tech or pharmaceutical for having any com- being complicit with any mass shootings or crimes that are committed. But they, the NRA make it's five million members. Wayne, Wayne Lapierre is just the lightning rod. You know, he's yeah. the one that the media and everybody attacks. But the NRA's mission since 1876 is basically what we feel is our God-given constitutional right. The Second Amendment is the second for a reason. If you grew up Catholic, if you grew up believing in in Santa, if your parents, when you were eight years old, asked you to make a list of the top things you wanted for Christmas, the most important thing would have been number one, which we know is freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of religion. And this number two would most likely be the second most important. And remember, we were a country built on the firearm and rugged individualism. And we just broke away from crazy King King George, right? So they made sure ownership of firearms was not about deer hunting, but it was to keep a rogue government from taking over. That's what it was to keep this balance of power in balance. And we still feel that way. And that's one of the NRA's core missions when it comes to lobbying is to stop this madness of these gun laws that we have to deal with. And you got a small sampling of it. We could sit down, Joey and Kevin, I'll tell you, I could spend 30 or 40 hours going over New Jersey's gun laws with you. And I would ask you to please show me which one really makes sense and you really think would lower crime. Other than just punishing law-abiding citizens over and over and over again. So that's really the NRA's core mission. I'm proud to be, I've been a member forever, and I was gracious enough to accept committee appointments many years ago. And then I ran for a board seat and I get to contribute on my end, range development, education and training, range grants for furthering the shooting sports and stuff. That's my forte. I'm not a lobbyist. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a politician. So that's, I stay in my wheelhouse, but all the NRA members that shoot in my range, we have many NRA members that also have an ACLU card in their wallet as well. (laughs) Okay, many. You'd be surprised, especially being 15 miles from Manhattan. There's a conflict sometimes because of, you know, some of the views don't overlap as well. But for the most part, we kind of like want to be left alone. Stop blaming us for everything. We lock all of our stuff up. We're safe and responsible. We take training. We fill out the paperwork. We don't own high capacity, what they call high capacity magazines and silencers or suppressors or anything else like that. You know, in New Jersey, uh, it is so crazy. An AR-15, which is about 30 inches long, cannot have a four-inch retractable stock because it makes it harder to conceal, like to use in a crime. But meanwhile, Kevin and his daughter would be able to share that gun comfortably by adjusting the stock. But in New Jersey, you can own an AR-15 pistol, which is only about 18 inches long. And it's just as powerful as the AR-15 rifle, but it's this big as opposed to that big. There's an AR-15 pistol? There's an AR-15 pistol, which is legal in New (laughs) Jersey, but the AR-15 rifle with a retractable stock is illegal in New Jersey. That's insane. I can give you 300 more. Identical in form and function. Um, (laughs) Identical. And these things are selling like hotcakes during the pandemic. Every, Every firearms retailer had no inventory. There was no ammo. Um, I went to a range that I go to in um, Central Jersey, and he also owns a gun shop. And I, I, I said, what are those boxes piled to the ceiling? And he gave me the name of the, the manufacturer, which I'm going to leave out. Um, uh, but it, it was the AR pistols. 
hundreds of them just that day that I went and he gets shipments of these things. And that's New Jersey. Um, and just, you know, we're not on the top of the list in firearms ownership. No. It is identical in form and function. It will accept high capacity magazines. It will do all of those things. Okay. So what, so a pistol itself, it's this big approximately. Yes. When it says you can, a uh, magazine is what the thing that goes in the bottom. Mm-hmm. High capacity is how many? Anything well, over 10 in New Jersey is considered high capacity. Okay. Of and how, so how many could you put in, in that states. pistol? <laughs> 30, 50. You, you could put 50 rounds into a pistol. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. It would be illegal in New Jersey. That would be legal, let's say, in Texas, <laughs> but illegal in New Jersey. New Jersey, it's 10 rounds. And again, what is the magic number? We had 15 for the longest time in New Jersey. And this December, it'll be three years. We changed it to 10. What criminal, before they go and rob someone, make sure they only have a 10-round magazine on their gun? This was a law that only affects law-abiding citizens, unfortunately. What's I'm the same with the Buffalo of, shooter? I'm not aware of, of uh, any uh, manufacturer that uh, that for any rifle that makes a 15 round magazine, it's usually in multiples of 10, uh, and it's just ridiculous. And I, um, the other thing that that gets doesn't get media attention is the training. Everything that Anthony was talking about, and and um, I've been through an awful lot of it. Um, over the years, uh, hundreds of hours and, and it's, it's rigorous. Uh, and, and some of it's very difficult. My brother is a, is a law enforcement instructor. He's been on the road for 20 years as a sergeant. Um, he has taught hundreds of hours of these classes. And here's the little thing that, that, you know, rarely makes it into the press and certainly the training stuff never gets covered. Um, that training from people like my brother, for example, uh, because a lot of law enforcement officers do that stuff in the private sector, and they'll be required to going forward in New York, um, is a layer of protection that we don't talk about. Because if you get somebody who in your class who is quite plainly unfit to own a firearm, um, that's that it's there is an opportunity to filter people out, um, and it happens a lot, um, and and it's not something that that gets talked about a lot um, because it's boring. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about how much training you have to do. Sorry, you had said something else and I interrupted you. No, no, it's it, I. It's just, that's the kind of stuff that blows me away because when you're sitting there talking about AR-15s, I, and I think most people assume it's just this huge rifle that you see Arnold Schwarzenegger carrying around and see all these different, you know, movie stars carrying around. It is a analogous to other weapons that they use in, in, in war, uh, similar. Even the Buffalo piece, you know, I know you're working on that, so I know a little bit about that, is that I found out through that that he what he did to the gun was illegal. So it was one, what is, the, I think the question then remains, is there a remedy <laughs> that you guys see as gun enthusiasts, men who follow the rules, and these rules seem very prohibitive almost in the sense of if you want to own these big guns, you need to do all the aforementioned, the background checks, the fingerprints, the times, the time to wait, because that's another thing too that you know through the press is that this young man got his gun approved. Sometimes you can sit in the gun store. I've read this too, where in yes. previous you can actually sit in the gun store. They do your background check. Sometimes it takes five minutes, depending on how busy they are. Sometimes it takes three hours. So maybe you have to go get some coffee. But you, you, that does happen, right? You can get a gun approved in one day. 
Yes, it's called, that's why it was called instant background check, but it's usually not instant. It's usually anywhere from three hours. In New Jersey right now, a background check is about five days. There's about a five-day lag. Uh, when you sure. go for a background check, it goes to the state police. The state police goes to the Knicks. So they act as the middleman or the middle person. And it takes a right now we're at about five days for an approval. But okay. again, all right, maybe a 30 day waiting period for first firearms purchase could be something. But once you own a firearm, what do you need a waiting period for? If you already no, but own that's, one. That's a good point. So like, so for a remedy, what could be a remedy in the sense of what do you guys see as enthusiasts that would help crime in general, I guess. Not that, because can't blame it all on, but sure, is there regulations a, that would help? Better reporting system between local and state authorities with the federal government and the NICS system. Nicholas Cruz in Parkland pointed a loaded gun to his foster mother's face. The Parkland police had been to the house like over 30 times, and yet he was still able to legally purchase a gun and he passed the NICS check in Florida. What is NICS, by the way? Help National me Instant Background System. Okay. NICS. So okay. it's it's a federal thing that everybody goes through when they're buying a gun, unless you're buying a gun out of a trunk of a car. So Nicholas Cruz, the shooter in uh, in uh, Texas the, that was in the Air Force, they all passed their NICS check because state or local police departments didn't properly report it to the National Instant Background System. And that's just ignorance or i mean that's just like sloppy, gross negligence sloppy yeah. and negligent without a doubt okay. yes okay. in new jersey slap your wife and see if you could go pick up a gun the next day not going to happen no you can't yeah. correct but but holes in florida and other states and there's been holes in there's people that their nicks was approved and uh, then it was retracted later on because something slipped through the cracks. So because something wasn't reported. So you have to be more diligent. That's why when we hear about this universal background checks, like I said, we have it, but it just needs to be tighter. It needs to be more accountable. And but it's that's not. also not that has nothing to do with the actual legislation of a background check. It has to do with the efficacy of the program. Correct. Right. But you so know, you, the lawmakers, sorry, uh, Anthony, yeah. the lawmakers are, uh, these are appointed bureaucrats in academic research that, that you, that state controls the funding for these projects, right? So if you want to measure this at the state level, or if you want to measure it at the, at the federal level, again, it does any of this stuff work? My only question, does it work? No, that's, uh, is that it effective? Would be a good question. But the really, mo the most important thing to remember is a really good way to not get elected is to start talking about sending funding in in this direction because Correct. when you run for office uh you know unless you're the party favorite um you know who they're pretty sure is going to win um you'll get you'll get money and this and that and you'll be told what to say and that sort of thing and that's loads of fun but anybody who wants to have a conversation about this stuff who's just right why don't more regular people get elected to office with common sense stuff because the only people who contribute to campaign funds, which is what you need to win an election more than anything else, are the extreme left and the extreme right. Yep. And if you if you deviate from that narrative away from on the extreme left, uh, disarm, you know, ban, ban, more, 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 uh, you're not getting any money from that party and you're not getting they're not going to help you fundraise either. And that's an expensive process. And if you're on the other side saying, well, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm okay with the background checks. I really want to spend more money on making that system more effective and, and have more oversight and have more transparency. Um, they don't want to hear that because- Who's they? You know, so the Republicans the, the don't like that? Right. The, the, if you look at the absolute extreme right, 
everyone should be able to own a gun. There should be no background checks. There should be, should be no lists. So the, the extreme right point of view is um, there should be no background checks. Uh, there should be no lists. The state and the federal government shouldn't have access to lists of my property. Um, you know, those are that, and that's a very libertarian way to think too. Um, but, uh, you know, why don't we have more of that? Because A, people don't know and they don't care to learn. Uh, and the people who are bringing these common sense solutions, common sense is a trigger word now, I can't even say it, um, <laughs> won't get elected because, you know, there's no money in it. Right. I'm not going to so, raise any money. So, so Joey, over 200,000 instant background checks were rejected last year. How many did the federal government investigate? Less than 3%. Okay. Because of manpower I, shortages. I was going to say, because so there's money that could be steered in that direction immediately. Say, if you, because that's a wonderful filter right there. If you have 200,000 people that were rejected, why were they rejected? Right. Figure that out. Mm -hmm. You could say, okay, was it, if it's because the, there's axioms to begin with, right? So if you beat up your wife, if you've been, you know, submitted to a mental hospital, if you've committed a felony, there's certain things that just across the board, you're rejected, right? Correct. Well, the 200, if you beat up your wife, you're going to be charged with a crime. If your wife yes. says, understood, but I'm saying that you can't get a gun. And that if makes somebody sense. just feels threatened by you. Um, you don't get due process. They just come and take your guns. Right, got that. But what I'm saying is that if you have, if those are the axioms that we already know about, the 200,000 that you actually mentioned, what were, did they give any reasons for those? We, we're not allowed We're not allowed to see the reason. As a, right, as but, a firearms dealer, you can write a letter or call Nick's and find out why you were rejected. But a lot of times it's lying on the forms and there should be some recourse uh, for that. If you're lying on the form, there should be recourse. There should be some bite to that. There's also not there's enough. not? No, there's not enough so bite. So you can for, lie on a gun form because I've heard if you yeah. lie on the on the gun Background check, you can go to jail for that. You can't. Hunter Hunter Biden lied on it. Nothing happened to him. That's just well, one example. Okay. <laughs> I think Hunter Biden's a whole other story. <laughs> Correct. That gets now, a disaster. <laughs> here's another situation that's never prosecuted. Straw purchases. So I can't buy a gun. I send Kevin in to buy a gun and I use that to commit a life of crime. Those don't lie for the other guy campaign with the National Shooting Sports Foundation is to prevent uh, straw purchases. And we what don't... What is a straw purchase? That's where I buy. Right? I'm where Kevin is legal, and he buys a gun, and then he sells you. it to me, illegally. Yeah. So he's a straw purchaser. They use okay. these mules in uh, that'll buy guns illegally. And he, what'll happen is now I get I use that gun in a crime, and I'm an I'm arrested. The federal government hardly ever goes back to the straw purchaser and charges them with a crime. Okay, So, so it that continues to no perpetuate. Sense. Exactly. It makes no <laughs> sense. And we, the law-abiding gun owners that wait months and months and fill out reams of paperwork and references, we look at this and go, what is wrong? How? What is wrong? Because everything is buzzwords. Yeah. Our politicians, like Kevin said, when you're running, background check, no, 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 no. It's all buzzwords. It's all, it's all fluff. It doesn't mean anything. Oh man. So right. the, the remedies themselves, we the remedies themselves involve a national database of people at the federal level communicating with the state level for people who have proven by either behavior or actually breaking the law that they are not eligible to own a weapon. Mm -hmm. And we, we're not doing that currently. 
Correct. That's we, just but, not we happening. We do it, but there's, scale. there's holes. Right. Big there's holes. way too many holes. Yes. Almost Even the a, ones you guys mentioned, right? The, and, the latest shooters, these crazy fuckers. Holes. Yeah. Who went out and killed kids. They sh- All of those guys were should have easily been targeted as Correct. someone who should not own a weapon, much less an AR-15. Correct. If, if we were following the letter of law and those things would not happen, we already have laws in place that, that very easily could have prevented them. Um, I mean, it, you, I watched that, um, you know, just wow. doing research for the piece about Conklin. The, the long form video, the Twitch, is him driving around Buffalo. He's just driving right. around Buffalo with three rifles in his car. He, I, like, he's, I think he stopped and asked somebody for directions at one point. He's in full tactical gear. Um, it, you know, it's just there's there's stuff like that that, that uh, you just look at it and go, why? You know, what, what? how did that get to that point? And I have some answers in the piece um, and just the amount of time I've spent in Conklin. But uh, how, how does that happen? Um, right. And the, it's, it would have been easily preventable. But this kind of goes back to what I was saying before. A, you're not going to get elected with any sort of common sense uh, discussion points. Because I've and I've lived there. I'm not just you know speaking hypothetically and and you know um, um, rhetorically defending people's rights. I live this. Uh, I right. went out and talked to people in really uncomfortable places, and people do not like you. People used to come up to me crying. How could you be a Republican? You know, because they hated <laughs> Donald Trump so much. I mean, it's it's like okay, all right. But the second you open your mouth about anything related to firearms legislation, people either sh- just they just shut off. Um, and you've lost a vote or um, you said too much. And most of the people who run in districts like the one that I live in, it's a third rail topic. You just wouldn't talk about it at all. So that's another thing, too, I didn't understand that right wing Republicans, like you, when you ran for a Republican uh, legislative seat, you you actually avoided that conversation publicly because you would lose funding and or possible voters just by talking about it. Well, I, I was I was running I the, the party and I've, you know, I'm not going to I'm gonna get in trouble for this later. But the, the party did a lot of work getting me on the ballot. That's what parties do. Right. Because yeah. it's exceptionally difficult uh, to to get on the ballot at all, um, particularly for state government. And this is not a district where people just successfully run. So uh, a couple of people have come close. People have done really well fundraising and come close. Uh, we came the closest anybody had come in 40 years. Um, and it, it be, it was just a topic other than I did a breakfast one morning in this, uh, old Italian town called the Hanover, East Hanover. And one of the cast of Sopranos was there <laughs> and he was asking me because the governor, the governor candidate had just come and he asked me, he's like, well, you know, does this governor guy have a shot? The Italian guy. Um, and he also <laughs> said, uh, what's your position on Second Amendment? He was the only person to ask me, and I won't tell you which guy, I'll tell you offline which guy it was. <laughs> but, right, no, that's good. Uh, but he was the only person at a meeting, I, I must have met 10,000 people or more just campaigning, the only one to ask about it in the district. Now, well, I, I, you know, Go ahead, Joe. No. Well, I wanted to hit you with one more misnomer in case you missed it. There's also uh, this was President Obama said it's easier to order a gun online than a book. And that's repeated millions and millions of times. Just go on your laptop and order a gun. So just to educate your listeners on the left there, you can order any gun you want online. 
that is legal in the state you reside in and you can have it shipped. But here's the caveat. It has to be shipped to a federal firearms dealer like me. And when you come pick it up, you have to have all your paperwork, your FID card, your pistol permit, your background check and everything. You cannot ship a gun to your house or place of business and stick it in your waistband and start carrying it. So it's again, it's another media half truth. You can buy a gun online anytime you want. Happens all the time. People ship guns to me all the time here. Once they're logged into my federal and state book, that's my gun. Kevin cannot take that gun from me until he comes in and we do all of his paperwork and we run a background check on him. Once we're approved by the state and the federal government, then we release that gun to him. We complete the the, uh, transaction and he can take it. If he's rejected, that gun stays with me and I either sell it or whatever. We, We come to some arrangement, but he can't have it. He can't turn around. If he was rejected and say, well, I'd like to have my wife come pick it up, that would be construed as a straw purchase. And we would not allow that sale because we're assuming she's going to give it to him. That makes sense. And let me ask you this, just to, to close that loop. If he orders the gun online, doesn't have his ID card yet. He has to wait yes. for that first. We've we've had guns where we work it out with people. We're like, we'd have we'd have to charge you a thousand dollars storage. We've had your gun a year while you're waiting for your paperwork to get approved. Oh, we'll usually just charge them a hundred bucks or something like a flat rate. But yes, we've had people put the cart before the horse where they got excited and they ordered a gun and sent it here. And then they yeah. came to pick it up with their driver's license. And I'm like, where's your FID card? What's that? What's your pistol permit? What's that? Again, uh-huh. we go through yeah, this yeah. educational loop. And then three months <laughs> later, they come walking in pissed off and they pick their firearm up. Wow. So this is the coolest thing. I will say this, Anthony. I think that what I'd love to do is at True 30, we're going to start doing debates. Um, maybe the end of this year, next year. I would love to have you on as a, a panelist for pro pro NRA, okay. pro guns, pro everything, because you're so prolifically knowledgeable of this and it's wonderful to hear and as someone who knows nothing i'll do some homework (laughs) before the debate but i want to get you know someone on the other side who says we need to ban guns we need to do these five things because that would be a really interesting debate in the sense that you're not you know full of hyperbole you're not saying things you know you're not touting a bunch of nonsense i haven't heard one thing from you that wasn't factually based not only on your expertise but on laws and so that's a really neat thing to hear. The good news for me is that listening to this means that there is a possible way to remedy some of the tragedies that we have in there, our culture. There definitely is. Right? That's definitely. the piece. Us, the, the Democrats wanting to take everything away and the Republicans not wanting to give anything specific to what you mentioned, Kevin, you can't even talk about it as a politician. That I understand too, because politics is much, much bigger than any specific topic. If you want to get elected or you want to stay elected, I'm just not going to deal with that. Do you, I'm, I'm pro NRA. Any other questions, Mr. Dutt? Nope, that's it. Because <laughs> then you're good. You don't piss off the far right. And if you're left, you're like, I think, you know, we need to do something about assault rifles because you need that. You need to get on the ballot. You need the DNC behind you. You need your fellow liberals and you will lose most of your voters if you say, oh, I think we should do some, we should talk about sophisticated solutions for our gun problem because then you're done. Those well, are all things also- that I... Don't forget the part about you you be shunned by the party. And and I could care less about well, being no, that's, shunned from my party, but you need their money to get yeah, elected. That's what I mean. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. And so like it's it's actually more political and bureaucratic than it is common sense to use your trigger word, Kevin. It there are some 
obvious remedies that we could throw in. And if we actually didn't hate each other so much, <laughs> we might be able to get together and say, all right, you know what? It, look, let's just drop the one gun a month because that's nonsense. And and by the way, let's let's just drop this, you know, adjustable stock on a gun because if you can buy an AR-15 pistol, <laughs> and then by definition, that makes that moot. And you know, I mean, because even the just what I learned in the last hour and 20 minutes is staggering to me because it sounds like not that my brother is used to this, but we've gone way overboard <laughs> on rhetoric, <laughs> on rhetoric, and we haven't actually come up with any effective solutions specific to the software. That's a software, it's a database issue. That's about information. Yep. And that should be easily remedied considering how much money we pour into data uh, as a as a government. And so, yeah, I I will let you go, Anthony. But again, thank you so much. This was so cool, Kevin. Thanks for introducing us. And I will hit you up. I'm going to go out and find. Please someone to come and debate you on this because I think that would be fascinating. And then Kevin, you can help me with some questions. <laughs> sure. Will. All right. Thanks, All right, guys. gentlemen. Thank so you much. very much. Thanks for tuning in everyone. If you dig what we're doing over here, please subscribe. And while you're at it, please download an episode or two and leave a review. I'd love to hear your thoughts until next time. Big hugs.